Hey there, story fiends. I'm back. Did you miss me? Had a little bit of personal business which pulled me away. Then NaNoWriMo hit, and well, I planned on that being my vacation while I hit my word count. So I'm back, and things are going to be rolling right along. I hit 50k on November 21st, so NaNoWriMo is officially completed. If you're listening to this on my Patreon, you should be getting this before Thanksgiving. If you're not, you'll have to wait until after. Don't forget, you can always support the podcast at patreon.com slash Hurt. So we're back to business as usual. Our episode for this week is special episode 20. That means a break from the short fiction to consider something longer. Episode 5 and 10 were from October Sky. Episode 15 had my friend Adam Messer on reading his work. So what's up with this episode? Well, this episode I'm going to be reading from Wearing His Ring, as I did at Conjuration this year. The audio, unfortunately, didn't survive from that reading, but I'm going to read it again for those of you who haven't heard any of it. But before we begin, a word. Episode 20 of Their Stories Everywhere with Elidria Hurt. Wearing His Ring. Chapter 4 by Elidria Hurt. The time before moonrise on Saturday night was full of activity. The homestead rang with voices, calling back and forth through the halls. The kitchen bustled with bodies, relatives helping themselves to the appetizers set out for them. Melina had taken refuge in Arabella's room with her white robe hanging open over her clothes. Arabella stood in the bathroom attached to her bedroom in front of the mirror. She had gathered her long hair into a braided bun at the back of her head over her own black robe. Turning to her child, she blinked. Are you all right? Yes, I just... It's your first renewal ritual. I expect you to be nervous. Should I even be going? I'm not a born member of the family. Of course, that reminded her of the missing book, and she opened her mouth to say something else, but Arabella stopped her. You have every right to be there, despite your unborn status. You are my child. Thus, you are a member of this family. Not according to everyone else, Melina said, sitting down on Arabella's queen-sized bed. The other opinions don't mean much. I'm the matriarch of this family, and thus I decide who is and is not a member of it. You are a member of my family, and for that reason, you will be attending this ritual, like every other member. The reassurance did nothing to help the fluttering in the pit of Melina's stomach. She wanted to beat the nerves into submission, except they weren't physical beings with faces to pound. Instead, she fidgeted with the hem of her robe. Underneath, she wore a black t-shirt with a mandala on the front in psychedelic colors and a pair of ripped jeans over her black half-laced hiking boots. All that white made her feel as if she was going to get something on it and ruin the look. 
probably why she preferred black. Arabella's perfume hissed in the air and filled the room with the smell of roses and sandalwood. It calmed Melina minutely as she breathed it in. Arabella twirled in her long robe, coming out of the bathroom, and she took a deep breath to fill her lungs with the scent of her perfume. Come, she said, offering Melina her hand. Let us go. Yes, ma'am. Melina took the hand offered to her and then followed Arabella from the room. They moved through the house, and others bowed and nodded toward the matriarch of the family. Melina tried her best not to feel out of place with all those eyes shifting over her. The older woman nodded back and placed her hand on the heads of several people she passed. It is time, she said. The moon would rise soon, and they needed to be out in the clearing before that. The family streamed through the back door and out onto the patio before heading into the low grass before the trees. The trees of Brevan cradled the house and offered shade from the high stars in the twilight. Melina closed the robe at her throat and pulled her long curly hair away from the collar. As they moved through the trees, she lost Arabella and the crowd. Everyone moved around them so close she found herself drifting to the edge looking for a place where there were fewer people. The throng made her feel trapped. The unfeeling trees seemed friendly by comparison. Dark shades of green and brown greeted her from every angle, broken by white and black robes. Those who had been to more than one renewal moon wore black. Those for whom it was their first wore white. Bright eyes found her in the gloom and she looked past them as best she could until one pair turned toward her and bore down. Throughout the day, she avoided her roommate. They weren't friends, despite going to the same school and being in the same grade, though Melina was the older of the two. In fact, their proximity meant they had plenty of time to rub each other the wrong way, which set Melina's teeth on edge. You know that boy, Jeffrey Davis, you accosted? Christina asked as she drew close. I didn't accost him. You did? He wouldn't have picked a fight with you if you weren't such a terrible person. I'm glad you're trying to make this my fault, too. Go away, Christina. He was going to be the new captain of the football team before you got him suspended. I do not care. You should. He's important. Christina. I don't care. He's a bully, and I don't have time for people who want to bully me. You are so unpleasant, you should be glad anyone pays any attention to you. Thanks. Now would you please go? No, I'm not done. A shadow stepped up behind them and placed a hand on each of their shoulders. What's going on? Patrick said. Melina shrugged out from under his touch. I can hear you both. I was just telling Melina about what trouble she caused at school yesterday. She doesn't want to believe she did anything wrong. Of course she wouldn't think it's okay to pick a fight with someone she doesn't know. Christina, shut up. Don't talk to my daughter that way, Patrick said. 
she at least has a right to be here. According to Arabella, I'm her child, and that gives me every right to be here as well. Don't believe everything she tells you. She has a soft spot for the unwanted. He guided Christina away from her while keeping cold eyes on Melina. Up ahead, a bonfire attended by several of the older members, Arabella's younger siblings, blazed up into the night and threw spirals of lit ashes into the air. Melina looked at it with wide eyes and wondered what it would be like if it got out of control. She saw it raging through Bravan on two fronts, one running toward the river and the other toward the house. How long would it go before they could bring it under control? Probably not long. The family had enough magic in it to keep something as simple as a fire from going awry, no matter the circumstances. Arabella alone had the power to circumvent such a blaze. With the family working in concert, it would be impossible to tell that even a blade of grass had been singed when they finished. The wood smoke smell competed with the fresh scent of nighttime in the forest. Inside the fire, a branch cracked and it rose higher for a moment. Melina stood at the edge of the clearing and waited for others to take up their places. According to Arabella, she would be unable to get close to her during the ritual. They would be arranged in rings by age, as one would find in a tree. In the outermost ring, she wouldn't be far from Christina, but she made sure to edge away from her when she saw her head in the crowd before her. No need to have a rerun of the conversation they were already failing to have. Instead, she found herself surrounded by cousins she didn't know the names of. They were probably children of the siblings, come specifically for the ritual. She could have learned their names, but Melina really didn't want to make small talk. Besides, she could see from the way they cut their eyes at her that her reputation preceded her. At least they weren't going to try to pick a fight. She could be thankful for that small mercy. Five rings deep, the family ranged around the fire. Though she couldn't see her, Melina heard Arabella as she raised her voice to the multitude. Other voices took up the song, and Melina listened. They sang up the moon with thrumming low notes until it shone over the tops of the trees and the bonfire lay nearly embers. The time has come again, Arabella said to the silver disc above them. The time of beginning brought round in years. The wind sighed under her words and the fire crackled. Nearby the water, close by the fire, underneath the earth, above the wind, beyond them all the moon, full and entire. We sing the song of the elements, we lift our voices to the moon. Power hung in the air, stirring minutely by the bodies existing within it. Melina's skin prickled with it. Corruption, her natural power, circled within her looking for a way out. Tamping down on it, 
Melina concentrated on the presence all around her. At her left and right were shadows and robes, faceless beings who might have been there to take her away. She fought back the fear, listening for Arabella's voice above the others. So many singing it was easy to miss her, but her voice was clear, and Melina grappled for it. Nothing could separate them. Melina belonged because Arabella said she did. She whispered that to herself. Peering into the shadows, she tried to see Arabella, but couldn't find her among the bodies ahead. The nervous flutter of her stomach flapped harder, but her grip on Arabella's voice kept her from breaking ranks and running to her. She could wait. They would be together again soon. Above them, the moon hung like a soft eye. Around it, clouds reflected its light. Hands began to rise among them, each set belonging to a magic user, seeking the renewal of their power under the moon. Young hands, old hands, in-between hands, all grasping for a little more of what they were. Melina spread her fingers to the sky, siding the stars between them. The clearing hummed with voices and heartbeats and power. Every hair on her arms stood at attention as the moon shifted shades to a pale green like spring grass. Melina's eyes widened. The close-by clouds became green-gray as they reflected the light. The fire in the clearing went from tones of ruby red to sapphire blue turning white. The wind picked up singing through the trees over the tops of their voices the earth seemed to move beneath the soles of their feet all around them the world spoke of the power they requested melina grabbed a fistful of starlight as the moon returned to silver above in moments all was once again normal but the power did not leave it coalesced around them and invaded them with its strength melina could hear it singing in her blood to the tune of her heartbeat. She breathed it out of smoke, like one would see on a cold day. The sense of being ten feet tall and bulletproof wrapped around her senses. Looking around, she saw shine in the faces of those near her. She imagined what color Arabella's eyes would turn with such an overlay. Beautiful. At a dozen throats, she saw the pulse of life as it moved through their body. Instead, inside, she felt the corruption curl with anticipation like an aggravated serpent. Another breath full of mist, though the night wasn't cold. Melina closed her eyes and wrapped her hands around her arms to keep the corruption inside. It wanted out. She didn't dare let it. Twice in two days would be more than even Arabella could forgive. Her heart thudded in her chest, and with every pulse, she tamped down on the creature inside of her. A hand landed on her shoulder with digging fingers. She grabbed it and tried to pull it away. The corruption struck, buried its fangs in the skin, and coiled around the wrist, infecting it with its power. Under her palm, the hand hardened. The owner female screamed stop 
Melina jerked forward and ran into another body as she opened her eyes. The unfamiliar voice had risen to a shriek. The woman older than Melina wiped one hand with the other and continued to scream. Melina put her hands over her ears as the sound turned to keening as she cried, No! Her hand had gone the yellow-white of antique marble, and the sight crept up her arm despite what she did to stop it. At the elbow, where her robe stopped, the skin had already grown hard. Melina watched, her hands migrating from her ears to her mouth as the woman's neck stiffened. Gloria! Rabella came out of the crowd, which had created a ring around the pair, with her hands sparking with elemental power. She brushed past Melina and over to Gloria, who gasped for air as her throat worked against turning to stone. Gloria, be calm. Her free hand grabbed Arabella's robe and dragged her forward. The matriarch placed her hands at Gloria's throat, and the stone halted. After several long moments, it began to recede. Sweat broke out on Arabella's face, and her hands dimmed, then sparkled as she forced the occupying force out of Gloria's body. Keeping her mouth shut, Melina waited for someone to say something. Gloria had grabbed her. The power came from her. She felt the connection even as it fought to take over where Arabella led her strength against it. Minutes later, the stiffness worked out of Gloria's hand and she flexed her fingers. Arabella took hold of her and pressed the back of her hand to her lips. Guilty, Melina tried to slink into the crowd, but the ring of people shut against her. The three women in the middle looked at one another. Gloria strode forward as if to grab Melina, and Arabella held her back. What do you think you are? Using such a spell on an elder, I didn't mean to. Melina, be quiet. Arabella stepped between them and dropped her chin. Forgive her. Her strength is great, but her training unfinished. She is your foundling, isn't she? The one with the gift of born of darkness? She is, but darkness is no more in her than it is in anyone else. She has every chance to be of the light. Gloria leveled her gaze at Arabella and shook her head. She is dangerous and should never have been exposed to such power as this. I wanted her here so that she may learn of her heritage. What heritage? She's a foundling. She is my foundling of my family. Do you dispute me? Gloria ducked her head and took a bowing step back. I would not presume. Then mind your tongue. Dropping an arm around Melina's shoulder, Arabella steered her away. The throng opened a gap for the two of them as they headed back toward the house. With the ritual complete, others were making their slow way back to the house as well. Some would remain the night. Others would, from there, find their way home. Arabella waved at a young boy who came sprinting through the trees. He did not stop, though he waved back. When they were alone, Melina said, I didn't mean to do that. 
Arabella's silence damned her. Melina trudged through the trees toward the far-off lights of the house. The older woman kept pace but said nothing. The arm around Melina's shoulders felt like iron weighting her down. Inside the corruption, undaunted by its loss, slithered and coiled, sounding to Melina's ears like the rubbing of brass scales. Her mind turned back to what had almost happened to Gloria. The corruption sought to turn her into a statue. Melina had never seen it do that before, but it was not impossible to think since it would destroy Gloria's life to be turned to stone. Is it normal for corruption to try and turn people to stone? Corruption only seeks to end life. It does so in many ways. The touch of the Gorgon can be one manifestation. You never said I was born of darkness. I don't believe that about you, Arabella said. You are a child. Children grow however you raise them. If you had remained forgotten and abandoned, without family, you might well have turned to darkness, and your power would aid you in that. However, you have a family. You are cared for. That makes it possible for you to become someone of the light, just like the other children. Melina's mind went to her Aunt Amelia, Uncle Patrick, Christina, and the other cousins. Were they the family Arabella spoke of? If so, she seemed not to know how the others felt about Arabella's foundling, as she was still referred to despite having lived there for more than ten years. The young woman didn't contradict her elder, however. It would do nothing for their conversation. Standing at the tree line, the house was close enough to reach at a slow jog, but Melina continued to walk. She wanted the feeling in her chest to go back to slumbering, but it made the brass bell sound in her head as it waited for something else to come close enough to strike. As long as she kept her hands to herself, perhaps she wouldn't have to deal with it doing something else she wasn't prepared for. Going to bed and pulling the covers over her head seemed like a wonderful idea. Yet she walked in the back door and couldn't find the words to say goodnight to the woman she called mother. Her intervention kept Gloria from dying. How did one say thank you for saving them from being a murderer inadvertently. Melina rubbed the side of her face and picked up Arabella's teapot. Do you want tea? No, Melina. I'm headed to bed. That ritual is both energizing and draining. Best for you to go to bed as well. But the kitchen will wait until in the morning. Arabella made a shooing gesture. To bed with you. Yes, ma'am. Well, what did you think? You're always welcome to leave me a voice message here at the podcast through anchor.fm or drop me a line at my email, aledria at aledriahurt.com. In this chapter, I wanted to show off the magical heritage a bit, show the magicians in connection with the world they inhabited, plus give you more of Melina's background as the foundling of the family. 
She truthfully wants little to do with those who want nothing to do with her, and it shows. However, what also shows is how the family thinks of her. Even Arabella, who is her adoptive mother and loves her, has little tolerance for her mistakes. All in all, you get a chance to see a teenager in a world she didn't make and how she navigates it. Once again, if you've got questions or comments, leave me a line on anchor.fm slash Aledria, and maybe you'll get to hear yourself on the podcast. For other places you can find me on the interwebs, check out my blog at aledriahurt.com, my Twitter at Our Lady of Ashes, or Patreon at patreon.com slash aledriahurt.com.